But at that point, I was starting to feel so suicidal. I would cry. I don't want to go to the liquor store one more time, one more day. I don't want to spend my money on alcohol, beer, drinking, anything. I don't want to anymore. And I just couldn't stop. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Today, we're going to be talking about losing control to supposed harmless vices like drinking, smoking, and other things that many in culture say are harmless. But what happens when you lose control, all while still thinking that you are in control? Today in our show, we will have Grace Harmon share how she fell into alcohol addiction little by little until she lost control. Grace, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, Grace, I'm excited to talk about this as there's so many people who lose control over alcohol, and I think it's a good thing for people to be aware about as people drink responsibly. Now tell me, I understand you were 14 years old when you started drinking, and you were coping with your pain as your parents got a divorce when you were younger. And with your mom having a mental illness, much of the household responsibilities fell on your shoulders. What was that like in that time in your life? Well, during that time frame, she was very mentally ill. And so she relied heavily on me to take care of my younger brother and my younger sister. And that led me to have a lot of pressure put on top of me, what I felt was pressure. I was responsible for cooking the dinner, doing the laundry, going to school, taking care of the kids, and paying bills. Otherwise, we would not have sometimes electricity or running water. The stress of having to grow up quickly and all that being put on me was just over the top. It just put a heaviness on me that I just felt like I couldn't get rid of it. I couldn't leave. Wow. That is really tough on someone so young. I understand you're going through depression during this time, which led to even more drinking and that you even tried cocaine. Yes, with all that stress over the years, just not being able to have an outlet, not being able to talk to anyone about how I felt and what was going on with my life, I became deeper and deeper into depression and started taking drugs and doing pills and doing cocaine, anything that would take that hard heaviness off of me. Mm. It was my only escape. It was the only avenue that I knew how to get freedom from my mind and what I was feeling. Wow which alcohol probably provided that feeling of relaxation and like a way of escape of, you know, all the heaviness and pressure you were experiencing. I know that when you were an alcoholic, you always thought you were in control and that everything was okay. Tell us about that. Well, I always thought I was in control because I was already controlling what was in the house. I was already controlling the finances. I was already controlling the other children in the house. Mm. So I always thought I could take care of this. I can control myself. I'm already responsible at a very young age, so I can be responsible for myself, whether it's drug, whether it's drinking. And it was just total denial. It was just untrue. It was not true. When I look back at how I really, truly was, it was really just out of control. Hmm. The truth is, I really couldn't stop. And the urge that sat inside of me was so much deeper than even the depression. It's almost like that addiction just took over the depression and the heaviness that sat on top of me. It just piled on like a stack of dishes 
one after another, after another, after another. And for me to just even pass by a liquor store at times when I was just rock bottom and wanting to stop drinking, because at that point I was starting to feel so suicidal. I would cry. I don't want to go to the liquor store one more time, one more day. I don't want to spend my money on alcohol, beer, drinking, anything. I don't want to anymore. And I just couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I would either sit home and cry and then the urge would just come over and I would take off and I would go. And it was just like a part of me just disconnected, just disconnected from everyone. And I just had to have it no matter what. Oh, wow. That is a heavy pull. I understand that as you started to recognize the problems that alcoholism was creating, you wanted to move away to Vegas in order to get rid of this habit. But I understand you ended up in a relationship where the problems just followed you right into your new lifestyle. Is that right? Yes. Actually, him and I were both drinking a lot together very heavily. And it bothered me at that point because I said to myself, I moved here not to be like this again. I moved here for a fresh start and the problems just followed me all over again. Mm. But one night we had a party for my boyfriend's friend and they were riding ATVs in the street and we were all drunk. We were all drinking and he crashed the ATV head on into a car and my boyfriend killed his friend in that ATV accident and I could hear it. And as I ran out the door, I could see bleeding everywhere. And I thought to myself, you know, if he did this to his friend, that's what's going to happen to me. If he's negligent with a good friend, he'll be negligent with me. Oh my gosh. That must've been so horrible to witness that. It's almost like a huge wake up call, but alcoholism is very hard to shake. I understand you had to move back home to Colorado. Tell us about that. Well, yes, and that's right. My mother was sick, and she asked me to move back. She had cancer, and she needed someone to take care of her. And so I did move back to Colorado, but that urge still did not go away. Yes, I attended church, but I was still very, very bound. Mm. And just to walk by a liquor store on Friday night right after church or drive by the liquor store on Friday night was such an excruciating pain that sat inside of me that caused more depression to sit inside of me to say, I just want to have that last drink. If I just drink it tonight, I won't do it again tomorrow. I won't do it next week and I'm just going to stop. But that never happened. That did not stop. And so I was still drinking and even getting up and going to church on Sunday mornings, hungover, just in my desperation to say, I don't know what to do with myself. If I don't start somewhere, I'm not sure I'm even going to be able to live beyond where I'm at right now. Because the serious of the drinking and the way I was feeling emotionally and physically was overpowering me, just who I knew as myself. And also feeling afraid that if I walked by the liquor store on a Friday afternoon, that I couldn't just keep on driving, that I had to drive in that parking lot, get out and get something. Well, at least you were in church. But I understand it got so bad that you went to church one day completely hungover and you made a prayer of desperation to the Lord. Tell us about that. I went to church on that Sunday the night before. I had drinking a lot of tequila and margaritas. And I got up anyway and I said, I'm just going to go. I'm just going. And I sat in the front of the church and I said, God, if you're real, if you are real, as everyone says that you are, you're going to save me. You're going to touch me. You're going to take this away from me so that I can have a life. I want to have a life. And right at that moment, I just felt this light come upon me. It was just so bright and so hot. I was even at the point of sweating and I just felt this heaviness and all these things being removed coming out of me. I don't know how to explain it other than that. Just a magnificent light that came upon me and all these things started to come out. 
and I was just feeling lighter, lighter and lighter and lighter. So I was standing there asking God to please help me, please help me. And I told him, I said, if you do this for me, I'll know that you're the real God and I will serve you for the rest of my life because I had no faith in any of that. I didn't know who God is. I didn't want anything to do with God. Not at all. Wow. And of course, I know that at the moment he lifted that bondage to alcohol from you, your desires changed from that day forth. It sounds like the Lord delivered you from literal ball and chain desires to alcohol and needing to use it to cope with the depression. And today I know you're filled with the joy of the Lord. What would you say to a person who has had similar struggles and they feel like they're failing God or that they keep failing themselves? Don't give up. Do not give up. At all costs, do not give up. Because if He did it for me, He'll do it for you. Amen. Grace Harmon, God bless you. I'm praying that God sets someone free even right now as you're listening to your testimony. Grace, thanks so much for sharing. Thank you. Hang on there. I want to encourage you right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Anlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how He can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at awakeningthenations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's awakeningthenations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? What really stuck out to me about Grace's story is that she thought she was in control all at the same time that she was not in control, but she was deceived that she was in control. I want you to think about that because losing control is often done by being convinced that we are in control. How many people do drugs today feel like they can handle it and that they are in control and they know how far to go? Now, I know when I was younger, I had an addiction to pornography. And I too always felt like I was in control until hours passed and I ended up wasting so much time. I couldn't stop myself, but I believed I could do it, you know, anytime all on my own, I could just stop anytime I wanted. What do ancient scriptures reveal about getting out of control and then regaining it? Is there a way to regain control over our lives once we lose control? We can. It is written in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. That means that with everything that is a temptation, we can overcome it by escaping from it, not toying with the temptation, thinking that we're in control or that we can handle it, God is giving us the way out from the beginning, and that is the way out. That is to escape from the temptation from the very beginning. This only can be done as a fruit of the Spirit of God. You can't do it on your own, and I can't do it on my own. But this is one of the fruits of the Spirit, 
it is called self-control, where we, not by our power, but by the power of God, can take the wheel of our decisions from the beginning and be able to escape from the temptations and not give in to them, and then end up into this sliding slope of addiction. I love this. Because in Galatians 5.25, it is written, If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. We can walk in the Spirit of God that when temptations and when those addictions come from the very beginning, we can walk away from them. We can have the power, not our own willpower. We can have the power to actually conquer it. Where are you at, my friend? Have you been trying to just overcome something and not been able to? The Spirit of God is right here. All you have to do is ask for it and deny your flesh and walk in the Spirit. Lord Jesus, we come to you. We ask you, Lord, for your Spirit, the Holy Spirit. We receive your Spirit, Lord, so that we can be empowered to walk away from addictions, from temptations, and we break those things right now in my friend's life. In Jesus' name, we pray, Lord, for your strength. In Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.